What is going on guys and welcome back to another episode of the Keel Pro Dynasty Show. I'm your host Caleb and we are back today to talk about 2022 NFL Draft Prospects. So it's been a little while since I did uh, another episode. It's been a couple months and a lot has changed uh, in the prospect landscape. A lot of breakout players and with the fantasy season wrapping up, um, if you made the playoffs, good luck. And if you didn't, it's officially draft season. So I'm here today to hop in and show you guys, talk to you guys about who might be available with those first uh, round picks and maybe your second round picks as well as we slowly uh, delve into the film on these players. Um, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. So right without further ado, we'll hop into my Dynasty Index here. Uh, if you watch my film videos, you always see at the end I'm advertising this thing. Uh, it's pretty much my draft database for everything with my Dynasty rankings. So this is all centered around Dynasty, obviously, so if you want to check out my Dynasty ranks, they're in here, and then obviously the 2022 draft database. Um, it's 20 bucks for a year, 3 bucks for a month, so if you just want to grab it with draft season around the corner, we've got all this in here. I do the offensive players, and then Owen from the Weekly Huddle, he's got all the defensive players in here as well, so if you're interested in that, you'll be able to check all that out a while. It's a deep edge rusher class, if you haven't already known, with a lot of good top guys, so... Um, anyways, let's get to Dynasty. So this is going to be based around Superflex, and we're going to look at the quarterbacks and kind of where it's shaking out uh, for me here. So at the top, there's two main guys I'm focused on. And, you know, comparing this quarterback class to last year, it's not as good. And that's even with the struggles of some of these top guys this year. It, it hasn't been pretty for our, for our guys, Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Really, Mac Jones has looked the best out of all of them, and he's just sort of been more of a game manager. So um, comparing it to last class, I think it's a little weaker, but these two guys at the top I like a lot, and that's Matt Corral uh, and Kenny Pickett. Both really took a big steps forward this season. Um, Matt Corral was sort of on my radar, but he really blew up early in the season. I think he was dealing with an ankle injury down the way, so he kind of slowed down a little bit, but... A true dual threat quarterback. I think he's got double digit rushing touchdowns. He had a game with five. Um, and he can just do it all. Dual threat, uh, flick of the wrist, big arm, velocity off off the hands. Uh, great deep ball kind of player. And it's hard to pick out many weaknesses in his game. Um, honestly, he, he's good with the ball. He protects it well. So you don't have to worry about a ton of turnovers. And he's pretty much been my, my number one guy in here for a while. So I love Matt Corral. But the big riser has been Keddy Pickett. And I love this guy. I think I did some film on him last year and I really wasn't all that impressed. And it is night and day how much better he is this year. I mean, accuracy at all levels. Um, everyone saw the fake slide that he did and now that's outlawed in college football. But that was a sick play. And that's part of his game. You know, at 6'3", 220, you don't expect him to be a very mobile guy. And I keep seeing it on like Twitter and stuff. People like, yeah, you know, say he's not really a mobile quarterback. I disagree. I mean, you can get this guy outside the pocket and, you know, he'll keep his eyes downfield. But if there's an opening, he'll take it and he can run. And he's not all that slow. So I think he's got decent mobility. Um, he's accurate at all levels, puts nice, nice touch on deep passes. And he's kind of got a little bit of everything you want in an NFL quarterback. So... He's a little older prospect. You can see I have the age there, um, 23.5 years old right now, so getting close to 24 by the time he's drafted. And I know there is, we haven't gotten the measurements official from the Senior Bowl, but hand size is sometimes a concern. I don't know how much I'm going to factor that into it, but 
Um, these top two guys, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, are two guys I'd feel comfortable taking as I have it here. Obviously, round one in the NFL, but early first in Superflex Dynasty. These are the guys I would be looking at. After that, it gets a little weird. Um, Sam Howell was one of the top guys coming into this year, and he's still good. I just don't know how much upside he has. I think he could be a consistent starter at the next level. Um, lost a lot of weapons this year, kind of regressed. Obviously, I mean, you lose Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Deami Brown, Daz Newsome. I mean, it's pretty much all new uh, uh, playmakers on his side of the ball. And he found ways to adjust. Uh, he really opened up his rushing ability, had a nice season rushing the ball, and that would kind of turn into how the offense would churn sometimes. Uh, good accuracy, off-platform throws, got a good arm. It's just, I don't know the upside with him. I, I compare him to Baker Mayfield where, you know, he's, he's a guy who could probably be a starter at the next level for a while, but is he going to be able to take you to the next level? Is he going to be able to lead you to a Super Bowl? And I'm just not sure he's quite there. But if you're looking for an improvement at quarterback, something you desperately need, um, I think he, he could be a solid starter at the next level, just not with crazy upside. So that's why I have been sort of the mid-first range for Dynasty. You know, you're always looking for quarterbacks. So uh, if you can get one who's going to have a starting job, uh, if, if he gets a good landing spot, he's definitely a nice prospect there. Malik Willis, I'm, I go back and forth on him. Uh, dual threat quarterback, crazy quick, fast, can break tackles as a runner, and he's got all the he's got the build. I mean, six one two fifteen is all right, but he he's thickly thickly built, and he can make all the throws, big arm, but it's just doing it with consistency and protecting the ball. When I watched him this summer, he he struggled with protecting the football, fumbles, interceptions, and it's gotten better this year. But I still don't know how much I trust him. And I don't think he can be a guy who can, like Howell, where he can come in and start right away. I don't think Malik Willis can do that. I think he's got to sit behind a quarterback for a little bit. But with Malik Willis, you have the upside of, of a guy with all the intangibles, all the raw traits you want in a top quarterback. It's just, it hasn't quite put it all together yet. So I have him sort of a late first in Dynasty. I could see someone really like him taking a mid first, but... That's around sort of where I have him at the moment. And then there's really only two other guys that are on my radar for Dynasty. As you can see, I have uh, undrafted grades on all the rest of these dudes. And there's a few that may enter the transfer portal, maybe not even uh, declare for the draft. So first of all, Desmond Ritter, someone I really liked uh, in the offseason when I watched his film. And I was excited by the fact that he was working with the quarterback coach that sort of fixed Josh Allen's accuracy issues. Unfortunately, those are still rearing its head in 2021. Um, it's pretty much what it is, like the accuracy inconsistencies. I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. He's got good mobility, big arm, can make all the throws, as you see here. Uh, just The ball just flies off. He's got the prettiest spiral, but it's the accuracy inconsistencies. Um, just air mailing passes over the middle, uh, hospital throws at times. It's just... It's tough to commit to a guy. I mean, with the potential, he could... I think he might have the highest potential out of all the quarterbacks in this class, but it's just putting it all together. And he's, he still has time to make a nice run here at the end of the season, maybe put up a really nice game film against Alabama in the playoffs, but <clears throat> I don't see him being a starter right away. Um, where he goes in the NFL draft, I could see him going round one. I mean, I, it would be kind of fun to see him on the Steelers. I just don't know. I mean, the... 
there's just some issues with where another guy where I don't trust him starting right away unless he really cleans up his accuracy. And then last guy, Carson Strong out of Nevada. I'm just not a big Carson Strong guy. There's there's people that like him as like QB1, and he's got the arm to be QB1, but maybe we've just shifted so much towards guys that are mobile, can make plays on the ground, that an immobile guy, a guy that can't move like Carson Strong, just really turns me off. Um, I mean, he has been dealing with a knee injury, so that may be hampering him a bit there, probably is. That's also being factored into where he's going to get drafted. I know a lot of people are talking about how that knee might drop him down draft boards or off draft boards. So that's another thing to worry about with him. So putting that together, I mean, he's got the arm to be an NFL quarterback. I just don't know if I really trust him. So I've got a round two grade on him and a mid-second super flex. If you're looking for a guy who maybe maybe just wasn't utilized well enough at Nevada, I, I, I don't know. He pretty much was the offense. So... Um, yeah, Carson Strong is probably the last of the guys I'd be looking at for in your rookie drafts. So let's hop over to the running backs. An interesting class, pretty much top-heavy again. Uh, helped out, buoyed by a few guys that really broke out this year who we'll get to. But we'll start with my top guys here. Uh, first off, number one, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Brees Hall was the number one for me coming into the year, but Isaiah Spiller has really stepped up this year. Um, I think I compared him sort of to Javante Williams in the offseason where, you know, elusive, can break tackles, good contact balance, uh, just a really bruising back, 6'1", 225, big dude, and he's, he's still young, 20 years old um, when he'll, when he's drafted, so that's great. Um, and can be, do a little bit of everything. Um, he's not the most refined pass catcher in terms of route running and stuff, but uh, he's still a really good player and could establish as a three-down guy. So I've got an early first super flex grade on him um, and a round one NFL grade. The other guy I have a round one NFL grade on is Brees Hall. He is interesting. I, I still need to watch a lot more film on these guys. Obviously, things are going to change as uh, I make more film and as more come out, I think. I got a few games in here, got four games, so a decent amount, but um, he is another guy, I mean, he's, a, he's an interesting running back, because he's so patient uh, in the way he runs, and how he plays the game, is a lot different than some of these, like, home run hitting guys, uh, the vision, yep, vision and patience, able to get skinny between defenders, and he's elusive, um, ball security, he, he has turned the ball over a lot, that is a big problem he was dealing with, and you know, sometimes he can be too patient where uh, things just aren't going to open up and he just needs to push forward, but he's just waiting back there. So that's another issue. He's a bigger back, too. It's interesting how sort of different these players are between Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller, where they're almost the same size. Spiller's a little bigger. I don't know if he's going to weigh in at 225, but um, I still think, I mean, people have been kind of down on him, but I don't know. I think he's still a solid receiving threat, and it's just, I think, I mean, what, you think he broke the record for most consecutive touchdowns uh, in a career? It was like a, a stupid amount of games, like 30-some games. Uh, so, yeah, Brees Hall, I'm still a fan. Uh, I don't quite have him in the early first here. I don't know what. It'll be interesting what he runs in a 40-yard dash. I mean, we're not going to hinge it on everything, but I don't, I'm interested to see what his long speed is. So uh, those are the top two guys, but here are some guys that really helped out this running back class, and that's Kenneth Walker, uh, running back out of Michigan State, 
and Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA. I mean, Kenneth Walker's ascension was crazy. He played at Wake Forest last year, transferred to Michigan State, and put up, I mean, almost a Heisman-worthy season. He wasn't invited to the award, but I think he got a few first-place votes from what I saw. So um, he is interesting, too, where I think he's a little one-dimensional. Like, he's a home run hitter. I mean, he's really fast, great burst, and then he has that breakaway speed, uh, when he's waiting for blockers, he can just sort of bounce around and he shows off that vision uh, to get upfield. And he's decisive as a runner. You're not going to see him, you know, where Brees Hall kind of had, like I talked about, that issue. He sees the hole, he hits it and flies. So he's a, like, as a pure runner, he might be the best in this class. But then the weaknesses, you know, pass protection, he wasn't all that great. He runs through guys, but he, he doesn't break tackles at a big clip. And then. We'll see whether or not, you know, he loves to, like, bounce these runs outside. If that's going to translate to the next level where he's going to be able to, you know, run it around uh, these NFL NFL athletes, I'm not so sure. But Kenneth Walker, definitely a really good running back prospect. Got him in that mid-first dynasty tier. And then um, Zach Charbonnet, another guy. He played Michigan last year, didn't really do a whole lot. Transfers to UCLA and looks really good. I'd compare him to A.J. Dillon. Comes in at about 6'1", 220. So maybe not as big as A.J. Dillon, but he runs like him. Uh, he, he just runs like his hair is on fire. Like, it is just a big bruising back, north-south runner. And for his size, he shows off really good burst. Uh, he's another one that hits the hole and, and just goes flying. But on the other side, you know, doesn't have the best lateral quickness. Doesn't create a lot of yards. And I don't know what his 40-yard speed It's it's good speed, but it's not home run speed. So it's, that's why I kind of compare him to A.J. Dillon, where it's a guy who's going to be able to churn out yards. And I would love to see him like in a cold-weather environment where it gets later in the season and Zach Charbonnet can just go to town and get those yards for you. So a uh, really nice player that um, made an impact this year and flew up draft boards. Another one, probably the last guy I'll touch on here, it's kind of these top five that I really like at running back is Kyron Williams, and he doesn't get talked about as much as these top guys, but he's got a skill set that reminds me of Austin Eckler, which will make him very intriguing for fantasy, where um, he's a he's a good receiver. He's got sort of that compact build where, you know, he's not plowing guys over, but he just sort of bounces around. He has the quickness to sort of find his way through small holes, and he's the best pass blocker uh, in, in the running back class, which adds to that sort of three-down ability. So, I'm really interested. I want to watch more of him, whether I think he's like a 1A or if he could actually, I mean, at what is he listed at here? Um, where did I have it? He is 5'9", 196, so he is a little smaller. I mean, he's still thickly built. I want to say he's a 1A, but he could take over a backfield with that skill set um, that he has, which will be really nice for fantasy if you play .5 PPR, full PPR, where... I think he could get on the field really quickly as a rookie compared to maybe even like a Zach Charbonnet. So I have an early second on him in Dynasty, but a good landing spot, I could see him popping into that late first uh, territory. So um, those are the five guys I'd be looking at right now. I still need to watch more on some of these dudes. Uh, Brian Robinson had a 1,000-yard rushing season for Alabama. James Cook, Delvin's brother, has been pretty fun. Uh, but after that, kind of drops off. There are a few names I know I kind of like, haven't been able to put a grade on them yet, but Rashad White out of Arizona State 
and Tyler Algier out of BYU. Oh, and Jerome Ford out of Cincy. So there's still some names I think I could, when I'm uh, watching more film, that might rise up. But I think my top five is pretty set in stone. And then lastly, we're going to hop over to the wide receivers. And this is the bread and butter of this class. And it seems like it's been the bread and butter of every draft class here lately. Um, just these wide receivers that are coming out of college are just so good. And we, we added another guy to this list that was kind of off off radars. But we'll start, honestly, for me, these top three uh, wide receivers all could have a case at the number one spot, maybe even this top four. Um, so we'll start with my number one. Man, I just changed it to, to Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, put him ahead of Burks. It's really close. Um, I've got a 92 grade on him, which is like a high, I mean, I, I projects as an all pro. All th my top three project as all pros, but um, round one grade on him, early first in Dynasty. If you want to talk about a guy that just finds ways to get open, um, I mean, six foot 93, he's not a big dude, but just a technical player, route running, savants, great after the catch. Um, we even saw some contested catchability, that catch against Michigan, which really got some eyes on him. I mean, he can just sort of do all that. He's the perfect kind of player to get open. I compared him to Jerry Judy a little bit. I've heard some Keenan Allen comps. Sort of in that kind of player where maybe not, I mean, he, I don't know if he has the home run speed, some of those. Uh, well, Keenan Allen doesn't really have home run speed, so maybe that's a good comp for him where he might not have the boom of a Traylon Burks we'll talk about here, but if you're looking for a safe player who's going to be consistent at the next level, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State is that guy. Uh, Traylon Burks, I I mean, he was my wide receiver one for a while too. He's still right there. I mean, if you want to shoot for the skies, shoot for the stars, uh, the guy with the highest ceiling is Traylon Burks. 6'3", 225. Sounds like he's going to run 4-4, maybe 4-3, which is just insane. I mean, just a, a freak athlete. And these are the guys, as scouts, that we sort of fall in love with, with the potential of what could they be. And what's really nice about Traylon Burks is that he he's not just like this jump ball guy. Just He's used all over the field, sort of like A.J. Brown. I know like people, to, people like to comp him, too. I don't know if he's quite there, but... Uh, he's utilized all over the field. He can break tackles, bounce off defenders, and obviously with that size comes uh, great contested catchability where he can outleap defenders, uh, moss dudes. The, um, and there's one game I did where he literally back-to-back -back plays just went flying over the defender and caught the ball. He He's that kind of guy. So he's got the, the freakish ability. He's got the breaking tackles. Um, really the thing with him, he's not the best route runner. He's not all that nuanced, which always can scare people a little bit. Um, we've seen a lot of these, you know, you fall in love with these freak athletes and they just don't pan out. Um, I think Traylon Burks might be a little different than that, but you know, you just got to hope that he can still separate well at the next level, uh, handle press coverage, but where he, like how he gets utilized, like I said, all over the field, I think that can sort of, dodge those issues there and you know make him just sort of a weapon on offense and then the third guy that sort of joined this tier just an unbelievable breakout year for Jamison Williams was buried on the depth chart at Ohio State last year transfers to Alabama and puts up an unbelievable season and 
another guy who, I mean, could have a case at the wide receiver one spot. We'll see him in the playoffs here in college football. Um, first thing, I mean, the speed. He's got legit track speed, 4-3 speed. And the NFL loves guys uh, with that kind of speed, game-breaking. We saw Waddle go early this year, uh, this past year. He's doing well. Um, I don't know if I'd, I'm not comparing him to a Waddle, but he's got that speed. Um, and he's still, you know, he's quick and out of his breaks. He can go up and get it. You saw some nice contested catch uh, ability. And then getting just inside leverage on DBs. I mean, once he gets inside of you, uh, there's no stopping him. So he's sort of that game-breaking speed boom player where, you know, if you're looking for a guy who could put, um, maybe have some lower point weeks for you in fantasy but comes up with like a 20 or 30, uh, obviously, landing spot's going to affect that, but he's a big boom guy. Um, the issues with him, he had some drops. Obviously, the one-year production, analytics people aren't going to like that. Uh, does not even He doesn't block. He's just not a blocker, which is an issue as well. Um, and then, you know, he doesn't really, you know, you watch Garrett Wilson. He can make guys miss after the play. Traylon Burks can run guys over. Jamison Williams doesn't really have either of those. I don't. He's not really all that elusive. He doesn't, you know, it doesn't really make guys miss. But he's got the speed. That's where he wins. So interesting that those top three are all kind of different players. So it's, that's why it's like kind of pick your flavor. And the last guy that can maybe join that tier that I've been watching more of, Drake London. Uh, you first, I mean, you just look at the measurables. Measurables six five two ten, which is absurd for a receiver and you know i give him the mike evans comp which doesn't you know i'm not just lately throwing that around but he moves sort of similar to him where he's more fluid than you'd expect as a route runner and can make guys miss at times too so you you see a six five guy you assume he's just the jump ball expert which he is he he can dominate those balls but his ability after the catch, he can make plays as well. He he fights for extra yards. Like he's very physical as a receiver. Shows off body control. I mean, he was the USC offense. Uh, his target share was absolutely absurd. Um, the issues with him, you know, for a guy that big, he's not that quick or deceptive off the line. So you gotta hope that he can clean that up. His releases and then downfield separation. It's another thing with these big receivers. You always just gotta hope they can separate and. He, he sometimes can find his way through, but he's not going to be that guy who's taking the top off the defense. But as a reliable pass catcher for, you know, maybe a young quarterback, I think he'd be perfect. He's that perfect, you know, intermediate short game, uh, just a reliable target. So, and he's got that 18.1, 100th percentile breakout age that analytics people love. He's going to be 20 years old when he's drafted, so... Uh, definitely a guy to keep your eye on as well, though I really like him. Um, he's been growing on me quite a bit. After that, um, David Bell, he's been in that conversation too. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on him. I got he, borderline round one grade for him, uh, late first in Dynasty, maybe early second. He's had a great year uh, stats-wise. Um, he, he's a physical receiver. That's sort of his thing. He's 6'2", 205, so... Thickly built, um, good blocker, amazing body control. He's made some crazy contorted catches out there at Purdue and shows good concentration in those. Quick off the line, but he's not—he's just not like not the best route runner. He's not all that sudden, and 
never really seems, at least in, there's not a ton of games out on him, but he doesn't get a ton of separation, which worries me a little bit at, at his size. So I think he could be an interesting sort of weapon. I know he's got a really nice analytical profile. Um, I'm just I'm not sure if I'm sold on David Bell completely, but I see the upside with a player like him. Uh, a few other guys here getting to the round two kind of players. George Pickens will be interesting to see if he plays more. I know he just came back from his torn ACL play. He had a two-catch game uh, the past week. He's got playoffs coming up for Georgia, so uh, he's still going to be – I mean, he was a top guy before he got hurt, 6'3", 200. He's that contested catch guy. Uh, really interesting prospect, was a top guy coming out of high school. Uh, just going to have to wait and see on him. I'm kind of want to see what his tape looks like in these last few games. If we can see a glimpse of what we saw earlier in 2020, then maybe he might hop into that round one range. But there's already so many guys up there. Um, yeah, George Pickens will be an interesting watch to see where the NFL sort of has him um, at that point. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Uh, a little undersized, but he's sort of that route running guy. Very quick, gets open, uh, reliable target. Just another one, you know, you kind of saw the tear break after Drake London. These guys, I think, are good. Um, but I don't know if you'll see as instant of an impact out of them. Jahan Dotson, a uh, solid player. Wandell Robinson, uh, one of my sort of draft crushes. I compared him to Rondale Moore. Not quite that kind of player, but he's got the young breakout age. Uh, he's just sort of that offensive weapon out there at Kentucky. Uh, playmaker, just twitchy. You know, he's not going to be a catch radius guy. He's not going to be out leaping dudes at a 5'11", 185. But just sort of a weapon on offense that, you know, if he falls in the right spot, could be really fun. And then the last guy I'll probably touch on here, Chris Olave. I've been lower on him than most for a while. I compare him to Robbie Anderson, where I think he's a fun deep threat. I just don't see him as a reliable uh, player at the next level for fantasy. I mean, sort of like Robbie Anderson, where he's sort of boom or bust. Um, he can take the top off the defense. He's one of the most productive receivers in Ohio State history. I just don't know if there's a ton of upside with him. I know he's going to be a little older. He could have declared last year. Some people don't like that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you can get him in the mid-second, I wouldn't hate that, though. So that's a solid second-round investment on a, on a receiver like him. So uh, other names you can go through. John Meche, I believe, tore his ACL. He might return. Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. I watched him a little bit. If he declares, he's really cool. He's a big uh, big dude, 6'2", 215. But I, I'm expecting him to come back. But other than that, that was those are kind of the guys I'm looking at. Overall, I'll hop over, if you're watching on YouTube, to my board here that I made up for um, to check out Superflex uh, to sort of get an idea of what it looks like. As you can see, I really like this first round area. I mean, top to bottom for Superflex, I mean... The quarterbacks are a little iffy, but you can grab at the end of the first. You got top of the first couple QBs. I mean, this is just a gold mine in here of players. Traylon Burks, Isaiah Spiller, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. I mean, just down the line, I'd be very happy with any of those guys. And then even in the top of the second, Zach Charbonnet, Kyron Williams, George Pickens. Those are great values too. So 
Um, I was a little iffy on this draft class earlier in the year before some of these guys started breaking out, but it's starting to get a little deeper where if you have a first-round pick in Superflex, I think you're getting a good, really good player, even an early second as well. I think that's where you should be targeting um, to get in your rookie drafts. Uh, first round or early second kind of drops off after the early second. Mid-second's all right. Chris Olave, Wandale Robinson, but... Um, that yeah overall 2022 draft class is looking pretty good and if you have those picks in those areas i'd say you're gonna be sitting pretty well so i hope you guys learned a little bit about some of these players if you want to check out uh, my database in here where you can look at all these players check out what i've written about them Uh, i know i've got owen from the weekly huddle i'll plug him again he does write-ups for some of these guys so you'll be able to click on a player read about them. You can scroll over to the right here. Got all the film. Click a link. It'll pull it right up. So everything you need to be successful in your rookie drafts is all right here. And if you're more into the NFL draft, we've got all the defensive players as well. So if you want to look at, I know it's a nice corner class too. Owen's been doing all these. You can just click on them. Uh, Derek Stingley, roll through here. He's got a nice write-up on him, his own grading scale. So We've got everything, and if you're you're into the draft, you like the cut-ups I've been making, you want to support the channel, um, I'll probably leave the little graphic in here, my email. Shoot me an email. I'm just doing uh, the payments through PayPal and Venmo, so email me, DM me on Twitter. Uh, we'll get you in here, and it all. It's, it's always, draft season's right around the corner, folks. Uh, college football ending, NFL season getting closer to the end, and then the fun begins, <laughs> so... Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in to the Keel Pro Dynasty show, my first YouTube show. If you want more like this, hit the like button um, and subscribe. Let me know if you want more content like this. So as always, everybody, thank you for tuning in and I will catch you next time.